0: You are listening to a special edition of Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's the film review of Blinded by the Light. Hey everybody, you're listening to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. It's the podcast where we talk about every Bruce Springsteen song alphabetically one by one, usually. But today, that's not what we're doing. Today, we are going to do a film review episode. This is the first time we've ever done that, but we're going to give it a shot. And my name is Rob Carmack, and I'm joined here, as always, by J.B. Clark.
1: You know, you could say we have done a film review. Uh, we do, a we do like, a eight-and-a-half-hour-long film review at the end of every year. <laughs> we've
0: never done a single film. We've never, like, stopped production of the regular podcast to talk about a single movie. That's, this is the first time we've ever done that.
1: It's true. Okay, that's true. I will say... Uh, uh, we, we got a patron uh, message from one of our, our patrons, Nancy. She said she, uh, she was like, I really like those episodes. And I was like, oh. Well,
0: well good, because cool. we put a lot of time <laughs> into those.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, today, I mean, so the, the film review, really, we probably should have done this for Springsteen on Broadway, but we missed our shot. So, uh, but we'll we'll do it with it. I mean, the, our, our, our review of Springsteen on Broadway was, it was great. It was amazing. These are songs was, that we love. Yeah, it was great. All right. So this is different, though. This is something that's never happened before. This is a movie called Blinded by the Light. And the movie is, we'll we'll get into the synopsis and stuff later, but the pitch for the movie is pretty much, instead of IP being like a novel or a comic book superhero or, a pre, or like a TV show, the IP for this particular property is the music of Bruce Springsteen. So that's what makes this special, and that's why it kind of overlaps with our thing. So we're going to talk about the movie, uh, we'll give a synopsis, we'll talk about kind of our thoughts on on it um and obviously i think i probably should say like we're going to give away like everything that happens in this movie so if you're yes. if you don't want spoilers hey, did you say
1: did you say what ip stands for
0: oh uh, intellectual property sorry
1: yes okay
0: yes so yeah we're going to be uh we're going to be doing some spoilers we're going to give away everything that happens in the movie so if you don't want the movie spoiled for you and you haven't seen it yet push pause go see the movie and then come back and uh join in with the conversation so that's that's the disclaimer spoilers ahead um okay first of all I saw this movie on opening night with a group of local DFW Dallas-Fort Worth podcasters and Springsteen fans, uh, especially our good friend Jesse Jackson from the Set List and Bruce podcast. And so it was it was fun. And my, my wife, Caroline, came and some friends of ours from our church came. And it was it was a lot of fun. And uh, so that that was those were the circumstances around which I saw it. And you were going to come to this, JB, but that ended up not happening. Where did you see it?
1: uh yeah we uh we had a kid um oh yeah we for- really were thinking about it but it was like the day it was the weekend before i was going back to work so just like ah nah <laughs> um i ended up actually going to see my parents though and we saw it i saw it with my dad in jackson was fun yeah it was fun for all but like 30 minutes of the movie to watch that with my dad <laughs>
0: which 30 minutes the 30 minutes where the son and the father are screaming at each other
1: yeah, that thirty minutes. <laughs> That's
0: th- I hate to tell you this. That wasn't thirty minutes. That was the entire movie, minus the last ten minutes. Although, well,
1: though, like the really big fight they were having, we were there was like I was like, I yelled at my dad like this, but he was way chiller.
0: <laughs> I, would, I that, would certainly hope so.
1: I was like, man, I've had a lot of weird uh, Independence Day experiences, specifically with Independence Day and my
0: dad. <laughs> yeah. Trigger warning: If you have issues with your dad, don't go to Bruce Springsteen events with him. That's
1: a... Well, to be fair, I don't have issues with my dad. Super, super close. He's one of my absolute best friends. He was the best man at my wedding when she officiated.
0: That is correct. I
1: remember. Uh, It was great. We had a blast. I think we both went in not quite realizing that it was going to have, like, numbers. You know, like a dance number.
0: Like like almost like a theater musical? Yeah. 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 My, My dad and I are both, like,
1: totally good with that, like, theater musicals. We like it. We enjoy them. But we weren't, like... I don't think we thought that's exactly the movie we were gonna see. We knew it was gonna like be musical, but we didn't realize it was gonna be like that. Yeah. And then he was like leaned over a little bit and he goes, "Have you seen Sing Street?" I was like, "Yeah." (laughs) He goes, "Yeah. All right. I think this is gonna be like a Sing Street thing." And I was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm starting to feel too." And so, it was great. Once we sort of realized that, we were super in um, and had a had a blast.
0: That that actually is that's a note that I have actually about like the, I, I've seen it twice. I went to see it again this afternoon just so I could have it fresher in my mind before we talked about it. And I, I'll go ahead and say I I enjoyed this movie, but one of the things I had trouble with the first time I watched it was tonally it seemed to kind of struggle with whether or not it wanted to be like a like a deeply realistic grounded story about a kid figuring himself out or a musical, you know, and it, and it didn't really know. You, you know what I mean? Because, like, even when he sings, he's singing over the radio, and the radio is singing with him. It's like, whereas, like, in Sing Street, it, like, goes into, like, full-blown music video mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and we, we can get to that, because we'll talk about the music musical cues in a little bit. I, I don't want to tip my hand too early, but, uh, but I, I mean, like I said, I did mostly, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more the second time than I did the first time, and I think partially it was because I knew that those tone issues were going to... Trouble like that if I, I didn't know about this beforehand, they might trouble me. So, having seen it, already I was able to kind of let my guard down a little bit. All right, so what's... it worked out for you better the second time. Yeah, it did. I, I enjoyed it a lot more the second time. Cool. Also, I had a couple gin and tonics in me before the, the first time, and so there were some things in like the first half of the movie I was like, oh, right, that did <laughs> happen. So, like, I, I sobered <laughs> up as the movie went on the first time, so it was good that I went to see it again because I was like, oh, right, oh, <laughs> right, the in this uh...
1: movie. <laughs> I think the Rob Brydon's character would have really thrown me for a loop had I had a couple of GNTs before it.
0: I got to tell you, I didn't know that was Rob Brydon. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Rob Brydon is a British uh, comedian who plays the the character of Matt's dad. He's the guy with the long hair who's like, you know, you try to ki- raise your kids right when his when his son doesn't know who Bruce Springsteen is. And uh, the thing I know Rob Brydon most for him is a movie called The Trip, in which he and Stephen Coogan do yeah. dueling Michael Caine impressions. I say Michael Caine used to talk like this in the nineteen sixties, right? But that has changed. And I say that over the years, Michael's voice has calmed down several octaves. Let me finish. And all of the cigars and the brandy don't let me finish can now be heard. So when I realized it was Rob Brydon, it changed everything about how I saw that character. Oh
1: my gosh. Anytime me and my <laughs> brother and our friends are together and we're trying to like, you know, we're like having some beers before bed, and like at the lake house or something. And then, uh, <laughs> somebody's like, all right, well, we should probably tuck in if we're going to get up, you know, early and go fishing. <laughs> we always just do the, the Tibet men <laughs> oh, yeah. bit from that movie.
0: So, so let's talk, let's talk about the movie. It's, um, the, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll kind of go through a quick synopsis and then we'll we'll talk through the musical cues But um, so basically what's going on in this movie is, okay first of all it's directed by Gurinder Shadha who is most famous for having directed the movie Bend It Like Beckham it is based on the real life of journalist Sarfaz Manzor and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly and I'm deeply sorry for that uh, I've never actually heard that name said out loud So, uh, but also he co-wrote the script with uh, Gurinder Shadha and Paul Mayeta uh, Burgess and the memoir that it's based on is called Greetings from, I'm sorry, Greetings from Barry Park, Race, Religion, and Rock and Roll. That's, uh, that's where the story comes from. And the, the movie is set in 1987, and it's about a teenager named Javed. And he and his family are Pakistani immigrants living in a British town called Luton. And many, many things, they take a lot of time to let you know, Luton is a terrible place to live. Uh, they, Javed, it's it's like one of the defining characteristics of the entire story is that everybody hates Luton. Uh, Javed, the main character, writes poetry and lyrics for his friend Matt's band. Matt uh, thinks his lyrics are too depressing and too political. And, Matt's
1: super new wave.
0: Yeah, Matt. Matt is very super. Which, oh, by the way, there, there's this interesting scene because the one one of the things that shows up early on is that Matt is, but Matt is white, by the way. Matt is like Javed's white friend, and, who lives next door to him or like across the, the street from him. And there, there's a scene very on, and Matt's got like flock of seagulls hair, and and they're talking about music, and Matt's telling Javed. Like, that he needs to sort of, like, get with the times. And one of the things he says was, synths are the future. And Javed, like, shakes his head. And and, and that comes back later. And, they, they like, he becomes, like, the butt of a bunch of jokes because he likes the sound of synths so much. And the unspoken thing that is going on, not in the movie but at this time, is because this is 1987, Bruce Springsteen is about to release an album called Tunnel, Tunnel of Love that is, like, yeah, he's, 90% he's on the Tunnel synth. of Love tour. <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah, that's right. He is on the Tunnel of Love tour during the timeline of this movie, and that I
1: laughed so hard at that.
0: Yeah, and that and it's never acknowledged that that entire album is like full blown synth. Like it's not just like yeah. a little subtle synth. Those are load bearing synths in that in that record. Right. And I I feel like Matt has done a little bit dirty that no one ever like acknowledges that. He's right. Like, there, there is... For the person who loves synths, here is this brand new Bruce Springsteen album for you. You know, like, no no one ever tells Matt that there's good news. So
1: Part of me thinks that that's, like, a joke for the Springsteen fans in the audience.
0: I would, yeah, I, it has to be. But at the same time, it annoyed me that Javed was so, like, dismissive of him when he said that, while, like, yeah, but the newest Bruce Springsteen music all has synth in it. So, it, like, Javed should know. Anyway, um, so... Anyway, that is that is the the nittiest of picks. But um, anyway, uh, let's see here. So <laughs> That really is the nittiest of picks. Oh, no, I, I've got another one. <laughs> the, actually, what's, okay, so uh, we'll, we'll get to this in a second. But there, there there is a deep nitpick that every single person that was with us at the Jesse Jackson ga- gathering picked up. So uh, so anyway, so it's set in 1987. Javed writes poetry. And a lot of time in the, is spent early in the movie establishing that Javid feels displaced by – both racism and that he so he's displaced by racism and op- oppressed by his very intense father, who basically hates everything. So outside of his home, there's um, there's a lot of fear and bigotry. But on the inside of his home, it's, it's like this oppressive dark cloud of like his dad is always on his case about every. Not only is he on, always on his case, like, any, but every, anytime Javed or anybody in the family earns money, his dad just takes it, and and it's understood. Like for us, like that's appalling. But in in the culture, it's sort of represented. That this is just what's under, like this is just part of what you do as like a member of a Pakistani family. Like everybody contributes to the well being of the whole. You know what I mean? It's you, you don't. Right. In fact, there's a point uh, in the movie where Javed says, "We don't live for ourselves. We live for our parents." So, so th- that's anyway. So there's a lot of tension for Javed both inside and outside of his house. And so at school, there's another Pakistani student um, named Roops. Who lends him on like the first day of school, he lends him two Bruce Springsteen cassette tapes, Darkness on the Edge of Town and Born in the USA. And this is where the nitpick comes in. So Javed goes home and there's a party going on and he's not allowed to go. His dad won't let him go. And there's a lot of tension in the house. And right like at the, in the midst of like a lot of the, like one of the several scenes where there's a lot of yelling, Javed puts in the Born in the USA tape and he listens to Dancing in the Dark. And that's like the first musical cue that we get. And it is, Perfect. That That is absolutely the right song to play in that moment because he's having a dark night of the soul and that song is about a dark night of the soul. And so it, it sort of like meets Javed where he is and it kind of blows his mind and then he switches to Darkness on the Edge of Town and he plays this on The Promised Land and he goes outside and you've seen this in the trailer where the wind is blowing and the lyrics are getting thrown up on the wall and you sort of see him having like this emotional epiphany in the middle of like this giant windstorm. And he goes and he digs his poetry yeah. out of the trash because he just threw it away and he, he decides like, This music has inspired him to create his own art, create his own poetry. So that's, um, but anyway, so the nitpick though is that the next day when he goes to school and he sees Roops, the the kid who had loaned him the tapes, he says, Hey, I I listened to this music and it blew my mind. And he starts quoting lyrics at him. And one of the lyrics he says is, Is a dream a a lie if it don't come true or is it something worse? Which every person in our group recognized immediately as that's a lyric from the river. Roops did not loan him the river. And Jesse Jackson took a very um, generous approach to this, where he, but Jesse, Jesse's read on it was, well, maybe he loved the music so much that he, like, ran out to the music store and bought the river, but the thing is, he listened to the music in the middle of the night, and then the next day, he says, I listened to it, and he go, like, goes out of his way to say, both tapes. So we know, at this point, the only music he's heard is Darkness on the Edge of Town and Born in the USA.
1: But he quotes the river.
0: But he quotes the river, which, and and again, I mean, I realize that t- that's a big nitpick, but this this... This movie's being being marketed to Springsteen fans, and Springsteen fans are going to catch that. You know what I mean? And and the reason I know that is yeah. because every Springsteen fan I saw this movie with caught it. Anyway, do you want to stop me at any point? Like, there's a lot. I, I feel well, like I'm,
1: man, I'm just sorry you didn't enjoy it, man.
0: No, I did. I did enjoy it. I'm just trying to go through it.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> nitpick was just at the end. You were like, and we all noticed, and we didn't like it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's a thing. Like, <laughs> it, that's something they've got to reckon with. So,
0: but in, what the they've irony? You the irony of that though. Is that the real Javed would have noticed that? You know what I'm saying? What? Like that he and yeah. Bruce would not have stood for for that error. So um, the characters why, in the movie would have agreed with us. Uh, wonder okay. why
1: they would? They wouldn't have said something about that.
0: Yeah, that seems like something you'd catch in the editing room, um, or even like when you're going through the script. Like that seems like a very basic thing. Well, and also they screened this movie for Bruce Springsteen and John Landau. I feel like John Landau of all people should have been like, "Hey, y'all, y'all should know <laughs> this. This is gonna come up."
1: Part of me thinks that maybe they that they wouldn't have noticed yeah, or maybe. thought about. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't have thought about it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously they didn't because, you know, it's in there. Anyway, so the movie proceeds with uh, like the main points of tension for Javed are, first of all, he needs to discover himself against the backdrop of racism outside of his home and oppressive expectations inside of his home. And so he's dealing with that. Um, he's trying to, like, find his own voice as a writer. He develops a relationship with another girl at a school named Eliza. And um, and also there's, a like, there's some side tension with his, with his friend Matt. So there's, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's a coming-of-age story about this kid and, like, kind of reckoning with all the points of tension in his life at the age of 16 or 17 or how old he's supposed to be at this moment. Deeper into the movie, his dad gets laid off, which puts a lot of strain on the whole family, not just financially, but there's a lot of, emotional strain that kind of comes along with that. There's a lot of fighting. Uh, Javed, there, oh, uh, to two, so along with Javed, his mother and his, and his father, in his house, there's also his younger sister named Shazia and his older cousin, who's named Yasmin. And Yasmin is, is about to be married. And so there's tension because Javed's father's, um, supposed. he feels obligated to pay for Yasmin's wedding. And there's, there's a really good scene that we should talk about at, at some point, which is uh, the family's headed to the wedding but Javed sneaks away so he can buy Bruce Springsteen right. tickets for the Tunnel of Love Express tour. And during that, there's like a big there, there's basically a white supremacist rally um, on their way to the mosque where they're about to have the wedding and Javed's father is beaten. And uh, and so it, it is like a real point of crisis for the whole family. And so Javed has these Springsteen tickets, which to his father represent like, oh, you're not really with us. You're you, you were supposed to be with us, but you were off buying tickets to, to a Bruce Springsteen concert. And I'm telling you, when Javid reached, reached into his pocket and he held out the Springsteen tickets, the minute he did that, I was like, "Oh, his dad's gonna rip those tickets up." You know what I mean? Like, you don't hold, you don't hold out two yeah. pieces of paper that symbolize like <laughs> your your defiance and not expect your father to rip. Which the whole the while he was okay. First of all, my first thought was he's gonna rip those tickets up. The second thought I thought was like, his dad's really worried about money. Somebody should explain to him how scalping tickets works. You know? Like, yeah,
1: dude. <laughs> I was like, don't, you just threw away so much money, bro. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was, that was bad thinking. That was an impulsive uh, choice on, on dad's part. Anyway, I, I feel like I'm going quickly, but feel free to to interject at any point.
1: It, the whole thing is he, he's, he's wanting to go off to, um, university and
0: yes, that's right. Um,
1: Manchester and his dad doesn't want him to, he wants him to stay in Luton and he's like, you can't even go to school here for what I want to do. Cause he's, he's got a shot at being a writer and doing like journalism and writing and it's that's kind of the big, the big fight between him and his dad.
0: Yeah, and I mean, w-
1: whether he's going to get out or not.
0: Yeah, which I mean is very Bruce Springsteen. Like I, it's it's not hard to find the parallels between the story of Javed and the story oh. of Bruce Springsteen. Like it's almost over yeah. overtly, like just on the nose most of the time. But which is which is what it's supposed to be. Eventually, so I'll, I'll kind of skip ahead. So eventually, because of his writing. Javed wins a trip to New Jersey for a conference, but he's mostly pretty stoked about visiting Bruce Springsteen's hometown, which is is something you see in the in the trailer as well. And um, so he goes and he visits Freehold and Asbury Park, and they go to the Stone Pony. And at, oh, because uh, Rupes goes with him. Because Rup- in fact, there was a. There was a little bit in me. I mean, I realize like Roops is a real character, but like he's just always kind of there w- when there's Springsteen talk or anything. And he just like, there's no good reason for Roops to have also been on the New Jersey trip other than like you just needed him to be with somebody. And so there was a yeah. part of me that was like, is this like a Fight Club Tyler Durden situation? Like is Roops real or is he, <laughs> is he like just like a manifestation of of Javed's? Like Roops is almost like the he's like the
1: comic book writer in a comic book. <laughs> he's like hey, a little square <laughs> box real quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he he is sort of like the puppet master. He's like, yeah. you know what? This th- this situation reminds me exactly of a little song called Backstreets. You know, or something. He's also
1: like. though, like when I in the very beginning, I was like, I'm not gonna like this guy. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna like the actor, the character, the way they portray him. Not like him because he's a Springsteen fan, but just like I'm not gonna like him like as a device. But at the end of it, I was like, I really love this guy.
0: <laughs> well, because he's the friend. I mean, it, and it's almost like, yeah. um and, and I think they, they even could have drawn these lines a little sharper, which was, like, the parallels between Javed and Rupes and uh, Bruce's character and the character of Terry in the song Backstreet's, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I felt that a lot, and I wish they'd sort of leaned – like, the Backstreet's music cue was very subtle. Like, they did, I, I don't even think there was any they, – they, they didn't lean as hard into that one as they did a lot of the other musical cues. And I felt like that would have been a cool way to sort of develop their friendship a little bit more, you know? Because I totally bought yeah, into their friendship. you know Rup- but, yeah. What?
1: Roops always wears a head covering and you know who else does? Little Steven.
0: Oh! That's a Ooh. really good point. That's a really good point.
1: There's um, your take.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Wow, there's even that parallel. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Roops is Seat, is by the way. If uh, I don't yes. remember if we said that it's earlier. Super cool. Which is why he um, wears a turban. And he, he ended up, I'm with you, I really liked the Roops character. Well, and also, Roops not unlike like a Tyler Durden type character kind of represents like the extremist of fandoms like he's he, he he's kind of in there also so that there can always be someone who is just a little bit more intense about their Bruce Springsteen love than Javed is because Javed becomes like right. a little bit much. fanatical yeah he becomes a little bit extra in fact in my notes I wrote there there's no one more okay what did I, I, have, to, I have to get it uh it's a quote but I couldn't remember who exactly I'm quoting but um there, there's nobody more zealous than a recent convert and uh Like, man, that is that is Javed in this in this movie. He goes from being agnostic to being a full on fundamentalist Bruce Springsteen convert like overnight. So and and Roops is
1: Roops is the the dealer. So I used to have a friend in high school who would like whisper song lyrics in big moments, (laughs) uh, which they do a lot in this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they do. And that
1: kind of drove me insane just because I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I used to always just yeah, be like, "Bryant, st- if you whisper a song lyric, you know, like something would happen," and I would look at him and be like, "Don't even think about it." <laughs>
0: that's a really good point. In fact, see, that, just like, yeah, that more ahead. than any other thing in this Sorry. movie bothered me. No, 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 because like w- when when he just started like out of, I mean, as far as anybody else is concerned, like apropos of nothing, just reciting song lyrics at people, like that's that's the point. Along like that, that became a little bit cringy to me, like. Oh, I'm uncomfortable with you just like locking yeah. eyes with this person and quoting the lyrics to Thunder Road. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I mean I get that it's and I realize a thing. Yeah. <laughs> we quote a
1: lot of lyrics around here. <laughs> but yeah. we don't like whisper them into people's faces.
0: <laughs> I don't walk up to strangers, you know, and and just start yeah. saying, Now Papa go to bed now. It's getting late. You know, I that I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. Yeah. But um but yeah, there's a lot of that. I, I found I found that the musical cues were a lot better and more effective when they were being played as over like like over the scene or like at, when the lyrics are being projected and not when Javed is like looking at a person reciting lyrics like the, the looking at a person reciting lyrics to me did not work. But I think it
1: worked once.
0: Yeah. It w- yeah. I might have worked once. I, and I was having seen it again today, I was trying to figure out like which time it was most awkward and the first time I saw it it would have I would have said it's in the in the diner when he goes back to the racist table and he like quotes badlands at them like they're like, what are you doing and he looks at them dead in the eye and it's like for those who had a notion, a notion deep inside yeah like okay that's interesting as a div- I'm glad that that inspired you just now and and the racists are like flummoxed by this like what do we do he's he's quoting he's quoting song lyrics to us we're we're paralyzed by this i really in reality though that gets you an ass beating
1: and right my first thought was like <laughs> no way this kid's not getting his ass kicked the second he starts like you make a face there's a certain face you make whenever you're reciting lyrics as soon as you make that face some bully's punching you in the face
0: well it's i mean it's the face you make when you're like I might need to be punched a little bit right now. Not necessarily by a racist, but by a good friend. I need a good friend yeah, to look... <laughs> to just and, come punch and, me. And Rupes isn't going to do that because Rupes is an enabler here. Like, he's he, he's the guy who's like, yeah, quote him louder. Um, so, <laughs> that,
1: that worked... To be fair, it was not bad. Like, the movie was really great. I really, really enjoyed it. We we're really... <laughs> we're really crapping on this one aspect <laughs> just because it was it's kind of funny no i don't think it, it was a bad movie for it you know
0: no 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 I mean, i'm yeah there, there are a million things in the movie that totally worked but that was a thing that really distracted me the first time i saw it so um anyway so after he comes back from jersey with roops he presents his poetry at a school i, I, I forgot to, got to mention like right before he leaves for new jersey his dad like pretty much says like if you go don't come back and and then so he leaves and so after he comes back, he presents his poetry at a school assembly. His family shows up because Eli- uh, Eliza went over to their house and told them to. And after it's over, Javed and his father reconcile because of his poetry and also maybe because his dad listened to the river. And and then the, the final scene is his dad driving him to college while listening to Born to Run. So like everybody's all, all is right in the world. So that's the that's the synopsis of the movie. Uh, in the
1: beginning, before there were even Bruce Springsteen musical cues, I really enjoyed how there were like new wave cues too, you know, like it yeah. put you in the time, and it was great. I kind of found myself, you know, jamming to it a yeah. little bit too. You know, I think there's some aha in there. So
0: there definitely was. Yeah. The music, uh, even with, even not, even the music that wasn't Bruce Springsteen music was well, well selected.
1: Even the music they're like sort of making fun of is really great.
0: Yeah. Although it, they did sort of come around at the end. Like I, I missed this the first time because I was, I don't know, I was trying to decide how the movie felt about like all of Javed's choices. Because the first time I saw it, I I had this feeling that, that the movie was pretty much just drawing a halo around him and everything he did, we were supposed to either sympathize with or agree with and the second time i realized like no there's a, there's a little span in, in the middle of there where he's kind of uh he's kind of a dick especially like towards <laughs> his friend matt and then later when he reconciles with matt one of the things he said was your music is just as good because it, it speaks to you in the same way that bruce springsteen se- speaks to me because when he's recently converted it's basically like everybody needs to listen to bruce springsteen all the time like they even pull that that stunt at the school you know what i mean and then at yeah. the end he's like maybe not everybody needs to listen to bruce springsteen maybe everybody needs to find something that challenges them and moves them like bruce springsteen does for me you know and so he does sort of come around and it does kind of grant um a little bit more uh sanctity to other non-bruce springsteen music including the the new wave stuff that matt likes yeah so yeah eventually it does sort of like give it it, it does validate other musical tastes
1: the what do you think about the kid who ran the radio station at their school
0: um i mean he was okay as a as a comic device like he's you know, I just every time
1: he was in a scene, I was like, oh, that kid sucks. Oh, he does. Well, he's supposed to
0: suck. he's because he like his, right. his taste was like de- demonstrably bad. Like he kept talking about like Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and, you know, like like stuff that did not age. And and I mean, one of the things he says is like nobody listens to Bruce Springsteen anymore, which is interesting to me because this is 1987. And I didn't realize like already in 1987, like high school kids already thought Bruce Springsteen was like um, for old people, you know, and that's, yeah, like, 32 years ago or however long.
1: Well, you know how like late eighties and nineties was. It was like this is cool and that is not.
0: Yes. Yeah, very much so. The the taste of the time is very specific.
1: Yeah, man. Just the way that kid like held his face. <laughs> he did such a great job <laughs> playing just that awful You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yes like, I his, do. The yeah. way he like ha- held his teeth. You were just like, Oh man
0: You're <laughs> just like, Man, I gotta uh, punch that
1: kid. <laughs> Yeah, just, oh, man, I would love to punch him and just, like, put him on a denim jacket and just, yeah, I felt bad about how much I wanted to beat that kid up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did such a good job. And they, like, uh, they very tastefully, like, got their way. Uh, the You know, the main uh, character's job and They got... Like, they beat them up, but they, like, you know, it was good. It was nice. Yeah, they they, sequence. they break
0: into the radio booth. They put on Born to Run, and then they lock the door as they're leaving. It's pretty much like the scene in Shawshank Redemption where Andy plays the opera music, and he gets put in the hole for a month. You know Dude, what I mean? It kind of reminds It's exactly me of that. like that,
1: and you're sitting there thinking that in that moment, and then you're like, yeah, but it's just, like, a radio station and music, too, so it's even funnier Yeah, because <laughs> the stakes are none.
0: Yeah, the stakes are infinitely lower, <laughs> and they get in no trouble at all, which and I thought kid was is
1: interesting. It's Just like, yeah, <laughs> the kid sucks. Like there has to be a punishment. Oh man, that was the moment when me and my dad were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, cool. Let's this is a, you know, there's about to be a musical number, and it's going to be a fun one. Like this, this, all right, we're good with this dance number.
0: Well, and yeah, that That's that good. that music cue that when they play Born to Run, like by the way, okay, first of all, that scene where they play Born to Run, that is the only song throughout the. I, this is a thing that I noticed the second time through that's the only time a song is played from beginning to end without any sort of interruption or fade out. Like that's like born to run. Yeah. And, and it does become a musical. Like there's a dance number They go into the middle of town and they're like, people are, yeah, it's like a
1: long sequence.
0: It is. And like, there, there's that scene where they're like uh, dancing across the bridge. And that's, that's the moment when I realized like, Oh, it's like a Bollywood movie. I, I didn't, cause I was, I was feeling like, Oh, this, this is like a, like a realistic coming of age story. And it, it took me all the way up until that moment to realize, like, oh, it's a, it's a Bollywood movie. I, okay, so so then my I, expectations of the yeah, musical that makes, changed.
1: That makes so much of that scene for me now that I just didn't think that in the moment. I was just like. Oh, you know, it was that moment whenever, uh, like my first time I ever danced with a girl was uh, to Hotel California and there was a moment where I was like, this is great. And then shortly after there's a moment where I was like, this is a long song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so when they were walking across the bridge, I was like, oh yeah, this is the part where the choreographer was like, oh, the whole song, huh? <laughs> but then whenever you say the Bollywood moment, I'm thinking, oh no, that was very intentional.
0: Yes, absolutely it was.
1: Um, yeah, like I totally see that now. They just yeah they were like yeah we'll leave the whole thing in we'll just make this a full dance and it was a uh, it was great i loved it
0: well speaking of full dances let's go through i have a list of the music cues so cuz there's a lot, right. obviously a lot of Bruce Springsteen music basically Bruce gave them license like when when they met with him to discuss the project he kind of unprecedentedly gave them license to use any and as much of his music as they wanted, which is, that had never had, like, that, that is crazy that they got that, that level of permission, but, um, but he did, they, they gave him final approval and they they showed him a screening of it before it was released. And reportedly he didn't even give them a single note. Like he didn't ask them to change a thing. He, he really liked it. And so, um, so anyway, so these are the songs that they chose out of the entire, like they could have chosen anything and they could have used a lot more. And so, um, so the songs that they chose, I think are very important to understanding, the movie, so uh, I'll, I'll yeah. just go through the list of music cues. We already mentioned "Dancing in the Dark," which is the first one. It's the Dark Knight of the Soul, where he like discovers Bruce Springsteen for the first time, which goes directly into "The Promised Land." Which I, I thought those those two those were great. I thought I thought that was yes. a really good that's a good demonstration of what it feels like to discover something new that like changes you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And then the next music cue was "Backstreets," and it was mostly instrumental, but I I thought that was a really good usage of it. The like, like, I, I think I think the, the the times that it was used best is is when it's it's played over a scene or over a montage and not necessarily like when Javed is like locked eyes with somebody reciting lyrics um so there was backstreets then there was the river then there was Badlands and Badlands got used a couple of times the first time I thought it was great because it's right after his dad gets laid off and it shows it's it's like a montage of his dad looking for work and his mom like sitting at the sewing machine like for hours and hours and hours and it just sort of goes like it it just shows like how hard everybody's working just to like keep everything going and so that was a really good use of it and then the second musical cue was the one we talked about before was when he like made like deep long eye contact with uh, the three white supremacists and and just like spoke them. (laughs) um right and then everybody like and the thing i noticed the second time as they're leaving like Roops and Javed like leave the the restaurant like gleefully like still singing the song and everybody like follows them out like watching them go like who were those amazing young men and i'm like again that's not how that would, would go
1: yeah it i thought well i was kind of surprised they didn't like follow them you know what i mean like i thought they were like picking up the chorus at that point like the the, greek chorus yeah and they just stayed there and were like what and so i kind of was i was like huh okay is this is this gonna be a musical or not
0: well it was like it really was like they couldn't decide until the born to run segment like because yeah because they kept like almost giving us like a full musical number like sing street and then like backing off right before it like blows up so i don't know man that that i thought that was that was an odd choice i um i I would have enjoyed more like Bollywood style stuff to set to the tune of Springsteen. Um, so then there was cover me, which is when he's like changing his, his style. Like, um, when, when Matt comes in and he's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you dressing like that? Um, then there was thunder road, which was another time when he's like listening to it and he just starts singing in public. And to me, that scene started out super awkward because he's singing to Eliza, who's kind of far away, but he's still singing to her. Um, and to me that entire with Rob scene, Yeah, that t- I was gonna say that, that scene entire scene is completely saved when Rob Bryden comes in and takes over singing the song and then yeah. everybody starts dancing and I really and that also was a little bit more Bollywood than I like the second time I caught like oh like everybody's dancing now so it, it is right. it is more performative and like fantastical than than I realized it was the first time
1: and there were like characters who shouldn't have been dancing dancing it's yeah like every you know like the banker or whatever
0: yes um, then there was Prove It All Night, which I thought was very awkward because he, it was like he's about to make out with Eliza, they're standing outside, and instead of making out with her, he just, like, stares at her and re- recites, like, most of Prove It All Night, so, you know, um... Yeah, but they did kiss. Eventually, <laughs> yeah, w- when when it broke for the <laughs> instrumental break, so... Uh, right. But, uh, that, that to me, That's I That's the one
1: spot I thought it worked, actually.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, well, maybe I just, I don't know, maybe I'm just a... <laughs> sourpuss i don't know um i I thought that would have been i thought that would have worked a little bit better if the the lyric that could have been a cool moment when the lyrics like appear over both of them and you just sort of see them like he doesn't need to be singing and he just needs to be with her and then the lyrics kind of do the talking for him i don't know um so there was that didn't have a very like
1: prove it all night moment like (laughs) yeah (laughs) well he was walking away and then it's like wait a second (laughs)
0: yeah well and and that that the 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 line you want it you take it you pay the price that's what motivates him to like stay and like risk getting in trouble by staying out later yeah um and then um then the next musical key was darkness on the edge of town which i thought was great because it's like right in like his dad is chewing him out and the music kind of like goes up in the mix over like basically drowns out his dad while he's chewing him out um and the lyrics like show up on the screen like to me that was that was one of the better ones hungry heart is is Javed's makeout song? We find out, so that's fun. Um, then yeah. <laughs>
1: that was that was that was kind of a nice scene, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought that was a more natural scene than the "Prove It All Night" was because it's like yeah. he puts it on the record player and they're both listening to it, and it's it's sort of like, yeah, this is our makeout song. And which well, but leads,
1: like the other stuff in that scene was really nice, the way it came together.
0: Well, and yeah, and his sister, who we haven't even mentioned yet, Shazia, um, comes in and catches them making out, and she's like. You owe me, and then the the next thing we see is like he like in in exchange for her like not uh, ratting him out or for for her covering him for him, uh, he takes her to this thing. To me, this is one of the best scenes in the movie when he, uh, she takes yeah. him to a, uh, a uh, an event called a Daytimer, which is apparently like
1: a, just a club during the day.
0: Yeah, like ten a.m. Um, there, all these all these uh, kids, these Pakistani kids all like dressed in their school uniforms all like line up outside this building and they go in and they all change clothes and they, it's basically, yeah, like a rave or like a, and they're all like dancing and having fun and cutting loose and like none of like, it's, it's like totally covert and none of their parents know about it. And, um, and that's the thing, the time we realized like, oh, Shazia has her own version of like whatever Javid is going through with his stuff with Bruce Springsteen, Shazia is also over there going through her own thing, finding her own identity and yeah. that's the moment when I realized, like, oh, there's this whole other really interesting character that we have not really gotten much time to know yet. And that's the that's the moment I, where I realized, like, low key, Shazia might be the most interesting character in the movie who we do not get to know as well as I thought we should. You know, but one of the things that happens. In well, that's,
1: that's when I that's the moment that I. Oh, sorry. No, no, ahead. no, you go ahead. I was gonna say that's the moment that I realized that I, I began to look at the other characters in, in the movie and realize it was about all the characters.
0: Yeah. And, and I think you're right. Um, that's like,
1: that's, that's when I saw the, mom um, and the dad.
0: Yeah. And, and maybe that was and the, Matt. that was the purpose. Cause that, that was the, the time. Oh, and Matt. Yeah, that's true. And while they're in the, in the room dancing, uh, uh, Javed puts on his headphones and he starts playing because the night, which is great. That was like a perfect music cue for that. Like it's the middle of the day. And yet they like captured this, like the spirit of the night and they brought it in spirit in the night. Um, uh, and uh, they, you know, and, um, and, and like brought it to this event And, um, but then there's this moment where he's like listening to it and then he realizes like, but what if, and he takes, he takes his headphones back off and he decides like just to sort of be in the moment with, with all these, um, these other Pakistani kids and his sister in, in the middle of this, of this room. And it's sort of like he he's he's sort of figuring it out like oh it's not just about Bruce Springsteen it's about self discovery and like m- my route to that is through Bruce Springsteen but that's not the only route you know like like you said that's sort of the moment where you kind of the sun kind of comes up on all the other characters as well through through the character of Shazia. Yeah uh, then the next musical cue is jungle land which is the the white supremacist March uh, coupled with the the scene of Javed going to buy tickets then later uh, the promised land is played again oh uh, this time it's a live recording from November 11 2014 it's it's when javed is um, kind of breaking down in the car then the next the next one after that is blinded by the light and that to me was a deeply misplaced musical cue because it's like right in the middle of like the biggest fight he and his dad have and it's when his dad says like I, I, fr- I forget exactly what it, what prompts it, but Java like yells at him like I don't want to be your son, and and the and the dad says if you if you leave don't come back, and then right then the musical cue is was... like no that that's the wrong like that should have been Independence Day, but instead it like goes like upbeat right it
1: was sort of like and then he had freedom yeah
0: <laughs> and I mean and blinded by the Which light
1: kind of we like he was running off on his own at that point, but it wasn't like freedom like blinded by the light like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Although, like, "Blinded by the Light" works because the it it cuts to like he and roops arriving in New Jersey and like them like touring Bruce Springsteen's hometown, at which point "Blinded by the Light" is the correct musical cue. You know, right? It's
1: just that first little bit.
0: Yeah, and then "Independence Day" plays. It starts playing while they're at the Stone Pony, and then it cuts to he's back in Luton, like. Uh, watching his dad from afar still looking for a job and it's still playing independence day so that that ended up working really well so there was that and then i think the last musical cue is born to run over the 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 the, um the closing credits yeah oh and then um the the last song the the one that i can't remember the name of it but the one that he wrote for harry potter that gets played over the end credits yeah it was good the cast is really good um I don't know. I, I I realize we've very thoroughly covered a lot of this stuff. I'm trying to. Is there anything that, any any notes, any thoughts specifically that kind of stuck out to you?
1: I no. I, I just would say if you haven't seen it and you're listening to all the way this far in, we may have ruined it for you. Um, well, if you haven't seen and, it, why are you still listening? <laughs> yeah, and also um, go into it with an open mind. At first, it's like a little bit weird, but it's a super good movie. Um, my dad and I left like just that we have gone to see it so
0: it's yeah it, it's a it's a good movie to watch with somebody and you know who who maybe will enjoy the all, all that like i'm really glad i went with like jesse jackson and and the crew um I'm yeah
1: at, i would have loved to seen it with jesse
0: yeah man well uh, when western stars comes out you should come out i think jesse's gonna plan another another event oh my gosh for yes
1: <laughs> um Jesse and
0: I just hold each other and cry. <laughs> Absolutely, that that I, I think I think he would enjoy that. Um, yeah, I would too. <laughs> oh, something I thought was really cool that I did not really catch the first time through. Um, Javed, the like the last thing he says to his mother before he leaves for college is like early earlier in the movie. Um, he sees his mom and his dad at a at a jewelry store, like selling or a pawn shop, basically like selling. Yeah. Sell, selling her jewelry. Her, her to, jewelry. And yeah. He gets it back for. for her. Yeah. So he bought he. He, t- he tells his mom that he sold all of his uh, Bruce Springsteen albums to buy back her jewelry. And I thought, like, oh, that that's very interesting. Um, because yeah. the, the whole time he's sort of like this, again, sort of like this converted fundamentalist Bruce Springsteen fan. And at the end, it's sort of like, oh, wait, maybe maybe the Bruce Springsteen stuff was... Like, Bruce was almost like a Sherpa trying to, like, get him through this difficult time. And it's not that he doesn't still enjoy Bruce Springsteen. But now that he sort of made it through this, like he doesn't need it in the same way that he needed it before, and so he can let go of the Bruce Springsteen stuff for for a minute, so that he can help his mom in a, in a way that he had not well, been able to before. You know,
1: and his his mom and his dad pawned his mom's bracelets when when uh, Javid was not sharing his money with the family and right. spending it on those Bruce Springsteen tapes. So whenever he sold them, he could buy her jewelry back.
0: Again, if they'd scalped those tickets. He could have, he could have just done it. <laughs> Should have scalped him. <laughs> Should have scalped him. Um, oh, the old We're neighbor to the show. Oh, so, the old neighbor was the sweetest. Like I loved it. Love the old neighbor. Well, in the line he said, um, like, what he, I forget exactly what he said, but basically like forty years ago, I I fought I, I fought in a war against men wearing swastikas, and now I look around my town and I see men wearing swastikas, and yeah. I thought like, well, that is um, relevant currently today. And, and I, I did hear that there, there, there was some talk about how like connected the, the telling of the story was to sort of all the Brexit stuff, because like the, um, the move towards leaving the UK for the people who were really in support of it was also like stop sending refugees. You know what I mean? Like, so there, there was a lot of racism that motivated the, the Brexit move. And, and so like telling the story was, was sort of a way to, um, I guess morally, sort of confront that impulse, and and I, I really like that th- that the old man said that thing, like really putting it in perspective. Like, yeah, um, Nazis have always been the bad guys. Nazis are still the bad guys. Let's let this very old man in in Luton remind us of that. You know,
1: right? Yeah.
0: And then, oh god, there there were a couple of other things about like hate crimes. By the way, are a big part of the backdrop of this movie. Like, it's that 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 is a thing that sort of just continues to recur. I did. I mean, on that note, though. I I really like that um, that this movie was bold enough, and I realize like a big part of this is like the the director and um, and the writer of the book had so much editorial say over what was going on. But like it, like fifteen twenty years ago, if this story gets in the hands of like a major studio like Warner Brothers or whoever, at that time, like if that happened then, it's totally possible that this would not be the story that we see. That like the it would have been moved to like the suburbs of L.A. and Javed would have been changed to a white kid named Jack who wants to write poetry, but his parents want him to play football. You know what I mean? And so that yeah. that they told this story from the point of view of a Pakistani kid living in the UK, like figuring out his identity as, as a racial minority in a place where hate crimes are just sort of part of the atmosphere. Like that's that was a bold choice. I'm, I'm really glad that they were allowed to make the movie the, the way that they wanted to make it. You know, that, that was true yeah. to the original text.
1: Yeah, it was great. It was, it was a peek into... Uh, world that we don't see in american cinema That's very a- often absolutely
0: yeah i mean i i could not tell you another story i've ever seen about like hate crimes in the u like you know an- anti um or like white supremacist hate crimes in the uk like i don't know that i've ever heard a sto- heard this kind of story and so and, and these are yeah. stories that need to be told i know i know that this movie there's been a lot of there, there was a lot of fear around like the production and the release of this movie because there was a lot of fear that it, it was coming out too closely to the movie yesterday, which is um, also a movie where the intellectual also property. Also, a musical is, movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a movie that it like revolves around the intellectual property of uh, a well-known uh, the musician, Beatles. The, the Beatles, who are like notoriously like it's hard to get the rights to that, and like again, they had like the entire body of work to work with, um, and so the, the the fear was that people would go see Yesterday, and then the audience wouldn't come back out for something like this. And in my mind, I was like, I really hope this movie does a little bit better than yesterday, just because like I want there's there's a part it's like Bruce Springsteen versus the Beatles. Like, let's find let's find out once and for all. And I um, sadly, this movie made significantly less money than yesterday did on its opening weekend. It made uh, this movie made four and a half million dollars on its opening weekend. It finished 10th at at the box office, which is not great for the number of screens that it opened on. Um, and by comparison, yesterday made seventeen million dollars on its opening weekend and ranked third. Oh wow! Yeah, which is a lot better. So yeah, um, it, it, if it's a head-to-head competition, yesterday um, uh, wins. Definitely won. Yeah, but I mean, that said, I mean, I'm I'm still a Bruce guy. You know, the box office doesn't get to tell me what yeah. to like. Um, That's right. Speaking it's of the that, boss for this guy, how yeah. many how many scalped Tunnel of Love Express Tour tickets would you give this song?
1: I give it uh um, movie movie
0: not i song. give it four I was going gonna say i'm a little bit lower i'm a three and a half yeah that's great it's yeah. a
1: it's like a it's a good movie that's that's highly enjoyable
0: it is and it's and i i will say it's more enjoyable and on multiple viewings so that's really that's good well, i'll have I, to I check it so. out
1: again and it's culturally culturally relevant to as well without without sacrificing you know inequality on either side so it's nice
0: yeah it's it's heartwarming and i mean without
1: like, even sacrificing timeliness i think i'm oh, sorry we keep stuff on each other. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Like, I, I think there's a
0: little bit of a delay in our connection, but um, yeah, the uh, cast is good. And again, it's it's a cast that you don't necessarily see a lot in just American cinema, you know. So I, I want to support movies that, first of all, movies that feature the music of Bruce Springsteen, but also movies that tell stories ab- about people that I I may never get a chance to meet in real life, you know, like people, um, like non non white people <laughs> from the UK. Like th- that's um, that's a very specific demographic that um i i don't get a lot of stories i I, not, I don't get to to see a lot of stories from and um i'm 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 grateful that they told this story the story that they did for sure so yeah man so you're a four i'm a three and a half and uh, so i think that's both of us saying like yeah we recommend the movie hopefully i mean if you listen to this whole thing and haven't seen the movie um I Dare I say I think you'd still enjoy it Because the music is still great It's still Bruce Springsteen music And the, the performances yeah. are very good And compelling And the characters are uh, Very um, Very likable And very relatable So um, Anyway Yeah I, the I, Actors I, are incredible yeah. Oh the actors are Yeah the actors are very very good
1: So yeah, so and the guy that plays Javid is just charming uh, to no end.
0: He's very, very good. Yeah, I, um, I I really liked him. And and the 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 actor that plays the father is is really good as well. Incredible. Yeah, there there are a couple of. I mean, most like ninety percent of the movie, he's just playing a hard ass. But there are a couple of scenes where he um, he shows a little bit of like vulnerability and tenderness, and those are very like moving scenes. So yeah, he's he's doing a lot more. He's doing a lot more than just being like angry dad. But it's it's worth watching for sure. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks, JB, for uh, for chatting about the movie with me. Absolutely. That was fun. All right. Well, um, I, I don't know exactly where this episode is going to drop in the middle of our regular order. So uh, feel free to jump back into the regular episodes wherever we are. We're somewhere between y, uh, W and Y. So we'll see everybody next time with whatever comes next in the feed. <laughs> so uh, everybody have a good weekend or a week or whatever, whatever time of day it is. See you later, JB.
1: <laughs> later. All right.